Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guest today is a comedian, actor, and co-producer of Love Horrors Sketch Comedy. Please give a warm, sarcastic welcome to Morgan Anderson. <laughs> I'll do the fake, you know, <laughs> clapping in the back. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll edit, edit that in, the crowd <laughs> laughter and clapping. Right, since it's all fake these days. I know. Which has got to be uh, hard for you, I'm sure. I haven't done stand-up um, since October. I did a show for a couple days in Southern Oregon to um, Trump supporters because they don't believe in science and disease. <laughs> so <laughs> they also don't believe in comedy, which is weird that I was, <laughs> was going to say. <laughs> They thought I was okay because I don't get too far into politics because I don't know enough to make jokes about politics. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, I talk too much about my pubes for the uh, staunch older Republican female to handle. Their husbands liked me. I was going to say, <laughs> the guys probably loved you. Yeah, their their husbands liked me and then they they, they weren't really into it. I think their wives are kind of territorial, to be honest. Yeah. They're also not very pube forward, so <laughs> I don't want to talk about pube forward. <laughs> well, it's good to see you got out of there alive. Yeah, alive and very grateful that I live in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one thing out of this whole um, political thing is that you you realize what you're grateful for. Yeah. And you never really realized that. So thank you. Thank you to Patriots. For the, yeah. For bringing that to our attention. Uh, it's just so like how horrible the school systems are everywhere too. It's just kind of brought it to the attention of everybody how absolutely stupid some people are. And I didn't know that level of stupidity existed. <laughs> Really? Well, it must make great fodder for you. It does, but it's like so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you almost don't want to make fun of it. Yeah. Ugh. It's just embarrassing to be a part of like those, like the, a country that does stuff like that. And just like part of like, yep, these people live all around us and they are like, and now I guess I'm not, I'm not as like, I always wondered like how people get into cults. <laughs> how do you just like one day you're going to Trader Joe's and then the next day you're like sucking some 50 year old dude's dick for the rest of your life and having 18 of his children. <laughs> and then you see these people storming the White House because some fucking idiot told them to. And I'm like, all right, that's how it happens, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so have you always wanted to be in comedy? I have ever since I was a little kid, but I never thought that it was like an actual job. Right. I mean, um, I'm sure your parents didn't encourage that. Or maybe they did. <laughs> well, my mom was an English teacher and my dad was a music teacher. They always wanted me to do music, but I just... So did you have to like, go through all the piano lessons and... Oh, yeah. Piano and then trumpet and then bass, guitar. And then I was in jazz combos and jazz choir and like... Wow. So you're on my- one man, one woman band. Yeah, but just not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was never one for like practicing. 
And that's like how you, what you have to do to like get better at things. And I was like, eh, I'm marginally good at this thing. So I don't really need to like excel. I just would like to just be in the middle where nobody notices me. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to do um, comedy, but I had such bad stage fright. So I thought that I would never be able to get on stage, but being on SNL was like a dream of mine when I was a kid. Um, and it just never happened and panned out because I don't know when you go to school, they don't really tell you what jobs are available, what jobs are like real. Plus I went to private school, so I didn't even think evolution was real. So imagine (laughs) (laughs) a woman doing comedy. That's not, that's that's a huge leap, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I um, actually up until July, I've been working at tech companies and doing marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. I just started doing comedy a year and a half ago. So for the most part, I've been doing all online and I did some some stand up um, and that is my favorite thing, but um, not so much now. So where do you get your material? And how do you decide which what material to use? Mostly I do a lot of story story-based comedy and it's all about my life and my experiences and I've had a lot of them I mean I was a drug addict for a really long time mm-hmm. <laughs> um so there's a lot there <laughs> a that lot you of re- crazy stuff the stuff you remember there. yeah yeah I mean there's a lot that I don't because alcohol you just you fill know. it in with you know whatever you think happened yeah it's like you're a detective when you wake up the next morning <laughs> like I have one sock no pants and a shoe and then you have to like backtrack and like figure out what happened (laughs) it sounds like a board game I grew up with when I was younger (laughs) like clue yeah exactly (laughs) so does it depend on the venue as far as what material you use because I'm sure you have like a written out set that you kind of like maybe you have a few of them that you kind of rotate through or whatever it's mostly based on the crowd. Like I remember one of my first times going on stage, I written all this material um, and a lot of my t- materials kind of feminist and like very female centric, obviously, because I'm a female and that is my experience in the <laughs> right. world. <laughs> right. But I get on stage and there's one other woman in the crowd and it's all men. And so I had to just scrap like half of my stuff because men aren't... Now I know that they will think it's funny, but then I had no idea that if I talked about my pubes for five and a half minutes, that they were going to understand <laughs> anything and laugh at anything. Cause I just talk about pubes and laser hair removal and stuff that men are like, what is that? I don't even right. know. Yeah. Like I just wake up in the morning and I go outside. <laughs> <laughs> like women have, there's a whole world of things women need to do to be socially acceptable and we cannot leave the house until we are (laughs) right right so do you practice your set on like other people first or do you just like read it in front of a mirror and be like okay I'm good I I do all of that like a lot of my jokes I just come up with as in talking like Mm -hmm. I'll tell someone a story and they'll laugh at it and I'm like oh I didn't really think that was that funny I should go back through and like punch it up and see what happens and then I'll usually go to an open mic um, and test out material and then we'll test it with an audience. But I do have a microphone at my house that I will stand (laughs) and practice 
to basically just nobody. <laughs> Does that help with the stage fright stuff? Um, no, but the, the weird thing about stage fright for me was that I'm only, I only have stage fright when I'm on the stage with other people doing things like, like theater acting or having to play a musical instrument. Like if I go on stage and have to talk about like giving a guy a blowjob or something like that's fine. <laughs> I don't have stage fright and I don't understand. It seems like really weird. Right. It seem well, you found your calling. Oh, right. I did. <laughs> Thankfully. Right. But yeah, something weird happens when I get out on stage and all of a sudden I just don't feel afraid and it's like the most exhilarating thing I've ever felt. So it's pretty cool. But I also was like, I wasn't, I didn't start doing stand-up until I was 33. And mm. so when I found out that I didn't have stage fright for that, I was like, really? I just wasted so many years of not doing it. <laughs> but that's interesting. I, I just pretend I'm 25 a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us do, even though we're like twice that age. So what's one piece of your set that's your signature bit? Do you have like a signature one-liner or something? God, it's been so long since I've even done anything. I do a bit about getting a colonoscopy that I really like. I've had um, like IBS for years and I have to get regular colonoscopies since I was like 22, which oh, is wow. not a normal thing for like a 22 year old to have to go through all the time. Uh -huh. And I always thought it was kind of weird that I always had a male GI doctor. Like I never had one that was female. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it would be so much like so much better of an experience if the doctor was female. Like, I feel like her office would be like a spa. There would be like a waterfall and Enya and just like, <laughs> I would just float in and then she, she would lead me to this like bed with a nice pillow and some soft music and then stick a camera on my ass. <laughs> the guy, like, nothing. I'm pretty sure he was on the autism spectrum because he never could look me in the eyes. He shook my hand all the time. And then the room was like bare. I didn't even have a pillow. <laughs> he probably couldn't look you in the eye because he knew it was coming up. Right. He had to look me in the other eye. He had to <laughs> Like he was even, he was having stage fright, just took a camera up your ass. No, that must be horrible. And then he had to do one down, like I had to get the butt one and then the throat one. Wow. Um, so I asked him uh, which one he did first. <laughs> and <laughs> and did he use the same, same camera? <laughs> and he just looked at me and he was like, of course not. That's against like HIPAA or something. <laughs> Some weird situation. I'm like, okay. Light, lighten up, dude. I know. And then you have to drink like a gallon of this like thick Gatorade before. And that's the worst part of it. For the colonoscopy, you're basically just out the whole time. But. Yeah. Yeah, I have to get one because I'm in that age range. And uh, I'm like, it's COVID. I can't come in. Yeah, sorry. I, I have to do my hair. I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't come in. Uh, I don't want to get sick. So I'm not going to be doing the colonoscopy. Can I do it at home? Is there an at-home right. that I can have? Like, I do have a GoPro that right. is available to me. <laughs> I do have a GoPro. 
I have a uh, pipe steak and a GoPro. It's, are we good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who has never had a colonoscopy and needs one desperately? Ask for a lot of drugs. The first one I got, I woke up in the middle of because oh. they didn't give me enough drugs. And I just remember waking up screaming and then the nurse yelled at me <laughs> to be quiet. And I'm like, you're not the one with a camera in your ass. <laughs> and then I was out again. <laughs> but yeah, if you, I have, since I've done so many drugs <laughs> in my past, I think that I have a high tolerance for, mm. for pain medication and other medications that they will give you to knock you out. So I, even though I am so small, it takes so much to get me to knock out. Right. So for every other one, the last one I got, I made sure to tell them that like, you need to give me more drugs because I won't, I won't last the whole time. Right. So it was almost like a test for me because they would give me some and be like, how do you feel? And I would just be like, I'm fine. Do more. And I like tried to keep my eyes open as long so I wouldn't wake up again so they would give me enough Mm -hmm. so I think I just looked like more of a drug addict like lying there (laughs) with my ass in the air like I need more I'm still awake and she's like I know your eyes are open I'm like still awake (laughs) (laughs) so I've watched a couple of your stand-up on YouTube um do you feel like you need to push the envelope with people or is that just your style I mean do you because I'm kind of like I'm the youngest of six so I'm always the instigator like I'll start shit and then I'll slowly back away (laughs) do you kind of feel like you're that kind of comedian I don't know I think I like super dark humor um that's just what appeals appeals to me and maybe it's just because I have so much trauma that I think talking about trauma is hilarious. Right. Do you <laughs> um, just like stun your audience when you talk about stuff like that? Sometimes when I do dead mom jokes, it, it can go one of two ways. I also have a joke about um, God being the first sexual predator. And that, one, that. <laughs> that one's a bit harsh for people to take. Right. I did see that one. <laughs> yeah. But that's one of my favorites. I just, I don't know. I like thinking about normal circumstances and then what's funny about what we all take for granted like in all of these like life experiences that we just accept for what they are like what if there's something different I don't know I think just that juxtaposition between what we accept as reality and then like but what if it was like a different way Mm -hmm. and that kind of fuels a lot of my thought process in creating jokes do you like write a joke read it out loud and you're like, Ooh, you like, you even offend yourself in a way. Like you kind of, I don't know if I'm offendable unless it's like something racist, which I wouldn't write anyway, but that I think would be pushing it too far for me. But like, as far as like dark humor goes, any experience that I've had is on the table Mm -hmm. and will make it offended by it but I feel like comedy is offensive in in general to someone who wants to be offended right you want to laugh then it's funny it's all up to the person I mean you can't be like a really overly sensitive person not to say that you're not sensitive but I mean as far as telling these jokes you kind of don't you kind of have to not care what people say or do right which is super hard because like 
in general, I'm pretty um, sensitive and I care so much about what people think mm-hmm. about me. But comedy has kind of helped me to, like, I don't think I can not care, but I can like separate myself from it and be like, yeah, sure. They didn't like it. And that feels shitty, but also whatever, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. And I think a lot of life is just kind of pushing through like fear and doubt and um, not, not, not feeling those things. Cause that's not like possible for me, but is to just keep doing it despite how, how something may make me feel or if someone doesn't like it, I'm still going to do it. I'm not going to let. Right. You know. So how do you pivot when you're not getting the reaction you thought or would like from an audience? Like it's totally crickets when you drop a bomb. Oh. Not to say your joke was a bomb, but that you. No. <laughs> so far, I haven't actually uh, bombed, but. That's good. That's- I haven't been doing it for very long I'm sure there will come a point where I say something that I think is going to be hilarious and the reaction isn't there mm-hmm. I just keep going hard to tell what an audience is going to really like sometimes I think something is going to be really funny and it might not be as funny to an audience and then you just kind of move on to the next joke Sometimes you can tell what an audience is going to like or not. Like Southern Oregon, I knew that they were probably not going to really like my stuff as much, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of who I am and that's my comedy. So I kind of just force it on them because I have 10 minutes and you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to me. You can sit there and you can listen because I know this is funny and you guys are terrible. So (laughs) So it's not on me. It's on you. No. And my friend who has opening for had like five minutes of Trump jokes in the middle of his set. Mm. So he's really likable comedian and he's really funny. So the first like 15 minutes, he got the audience on his side and then he throws the Trump jokes in the middle and they just like backed away, backed away, backed away. And he was started getting booze. And at one point he was like, you know what? I got two jokes left. I'm still going to do them. I don't care basically. And that was awesome for me to see because he didn't cater to to the audience as much mm-hmm. as he had a set that he wanted to do and he was going to do it and they were going to sit there and listen to him. Right. Well, he warmed then, him up a little bit, which is probably yeah, a good so thing. Yeah, so that was smart. You don't want to start with the... <laughs> guns blazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've got guns on them, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was a pizza place, but uh, they for sure had guns. So how do you deal with hecklers or drunk people that want to be part of the show and want your attention? Um, I usually, you can just throw out funny, funny quips. It's usually like, I've, I haven't really gotten too many weird hecklers. The worst heckler I ever had was a dog that walked on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. It was cuter than me. And then everyone looked at the dog. So I had to figure out a way to like get, (laughs) bring the dog in because you can't, if the audience is really into the, to whoever is like heckling you or trying to add to what you're doing, you want to try to have like a dialogue, Mm -hmm. maybe if that's possible, unless they're super drunk and just yelling stuff, in which case maybe the best course of action is just to ignore them. Right. 
like you try to shut them down by saying like a burning comment or like something super funny that the whole audience is going to get behind and laugh at them about. And maybe that public humiliation will shut them up. (laughs) But if they're drunk to a point, that's not going to do anything and just hope that they will shut up. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to play a game. Yes. Okay. And it's like rapid fire. So I'm going to say a word and then you say whatever comes to mind. No second guessing. Just blurt it out. Oh, no. Are you a psychiatrist? Am I going to get a... <laughs> this is like the... What is those? You're going to read the blots? DSM. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see in this picture? Oh, no. And these are just random words that I kind of just came up. And if there's any coincidence, it is a coincidence. These are not... Well, maybe a couple. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So whatever comes to mind, just blurt it. Okay. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Do you need a moment? Okay. Orange. Peel. Microphone. (laughs) Stand. (laughs) I'm just going to now say the word that's supposed to come after the word. (laughs) Orgasm. (laughs) Blank. been a while <laughs> that's such a female thing like what is that <laughs> organism what did you say <laughs> orgasm <laughs> uh stand-up comedy Spanx. <laughs> harder harder <laughs> forest trees meditation buddha Fork. Knife. Not spoon? That's interesting. We'll have to go back to that one. There's some (laughs) psychology behind that, I'm sure. Yeah, I think there's some sort of masochistic element to that one. (laughs) Uh, Monkey. Bars. Binoculars. Hiking. (laughs) I know why you said that. I know. I just (laughs) thought of that episode. (laughs) Binoculars. (laughs) Well, that was pretty good. I mean, the only one that really kind of stumped you was orgasm. And I, do you want to talk about that? How do you, how do you feel so about that, that, Morgan? I don't know how to, like, what goes with that? Well, you were quiet. So maybe you're quiet when you orgasm. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, that's a quiet, that's a female, <laughs> female thing. Right. It's either so quiet or like super loud. So do you have a favorite comic or a mentor that you kind of look to? As far as comedy? Ooh, I have so many favorite comics. I love um, Fortune Feimster is one of my favorites. I've been listening and watching her for years, and I'm so pumped to see her, like, getting famous. I remember seeing her. I took my mom to see her, like, six, seven years ago at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, I think, Hmm. somewhere in the Bay Area. And so now it's so cool to see her like on TV and like doing shows and Mm -hmm. yeah, it just really pumps me up. I love watching like the career of a comic, watching her now. She, she's so funny. She's like a totally different style of comic than I am. Like she's pretty clean, um, clean cut, doesn't really swear or talk about the dark stuff that I talk about. Right. Um, and then somebody who I also look up to is Adrian Apolucci. Hmm. She 
is not like super famous. She just came out with a comedy album called Baby Skeletons. I don't know why I'm promoting her, but But it's really funny. And I love her. She does such dark, dark comedy. Mm. I don't know her. never met her. I'm talking about like her, like I know her, but she's so funny. She also was on uh, The Degenerates. Mm. I'll have to look her up because that's what you kind of aspire yeah, I love dark comedy. Yeah, I do too. Clean stuff, but yeah, my life hasn't been very clean, so it's hard to like <laughs> write super leave it to Beaver humor when my life was more like Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot of comedy competition within the the group, or are comedians pretty laid back? Um, I think. You kind of find everything, but for the most part, I found that the community is really accepting and warm. There is competition just because there are not enough shows to accommodate how many comics there are in Sacramento. There's so, so many. And so that's the only thing that's kind of hard, but I think that's a good thing. I didn't realize Sacramento was the breeding ground for comics. Me neither, but I'm so glad I moved here. I'm not from here at all. I moved here only two years ago from Santa Cruz. So just sheer luck that I ended up here in the midst of like so such a great scene. Mm -hmm. But it's good that everyone's so good. If I was the best, it wouldn't really push me to get any better. And I need to be pushed (laughs) knowing from childhood I don't have the drive to really do anything <laughs> if I'm already good at it <laughs> right. I don't feel the need to get better yeah yeah but mediocre cool. was my middle name too it's like eh, yeah I did just like that. fly under Let's the radar on. yeah I don't want to be too good or the worst but I'd just like to like coast along and be okay <laughs> so you moved from Santa Cruz to Sacramento yeah was that like a culture shock for you it was a little bit. I mean, I do miss the ocean and surfing. And I mean, I wasn't good at surfing. To of course be not. Why would you be? I can stand <laughs> up and turn and that's it. That's good. Uh, that's more than what I would be willing to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the deal. But just how like how good I how good you are at turning is, you know, what sets you apart as a surfer and <laughs> is turning. Not. Yeah, you know, you could turn, maybe like not crash into stuff and other people right but santa cruz isn't really that different from sacramento except yeah there's the same amount of homeless people yeah everyone thinks it's kind of a liberal town but i don't really think it is there's a lot of liberal activities in santa cruz yeah there's a lot of like yoga and meditation but like when you look at voting (laughs) uh Plus, to live in Santa Cruz, you have to make millions of dollars because there's... Right. That's changed for sure. So the hippies are not really as prevalent? No, they're just fake hippies now. They'll wear their crystals and their hemp (laughs) shawl that they bought for $400, and then they're going to go vote for lower taxes and less social programs (laughs) to help with homelessness and, uh, you know veterans with mental health issues they don't care anymore (laughs) right exactly so i love your videos of denny and tammy muskogan 
Oxen. That's a (laughs) tough one. How'd you come up with that? (laughs) It's an animal. I didn't come up with it. Uh, Denny or Daniel did. He thought it was a funny last name and I I think it's hilarious. And he was doing the show by himself. And then we went camping one weekend and um, I was going to film him. And then I thought it would be funny if maybe I could be in it in the background. And then it was we got such a good response back from that one video where I kind of guest starred um, that we just kept kept putting Tammy Tammy in the video. I think she's a good element to kind of balance out Denny. Mm-hmm. So we shot another short, short little clip this morning. So that'll be out later today. Oh, cool. Edit <laughs> cool. Because so. your tagline is going out to nature and doing stuff. Yeah, we're doing stuff. Not a lot of stuff because we're not very good at nature, but we try. <laughs> but it always has to do with nature. Yeah. We're two two rednecks who are pretty woke, trying to be more woke. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no family resemblance to any of those skits? Oh, for sure there is. I come from a long line of rednecks, so. <laughs> <laughs> so take your pick on who it is. Yeah. Yeah, my family hails from Illinois, Washington, and Poland, but, you know, we are super poor in Poland, so. <laughs> right. I'm Polish as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you also co-produced Love Horrors sketch comedy. Yeah. So a friend of mine, Alicia Davis, uh, started Love Horrors with um, my friend Emily Peterson and um, Carolyn and they asked me to guest on their a live episode which turned out not being live because of COVID so we started doing it online mm. um, in I think it was last February or March and I've just been doing it ever since I never thought that I would like acting at all because I don't see myself as being very good at acting, Mm -hmm. but it's actually been, it's been really fun. I love writing stupid commercials or, and little sketches. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you enjoy sketch comedy more than stand up. I I don't know. No, I think they're both like super different, I guess. Sketch comedy is like more, it's more like film. And I went to film school Mm. a long time ago. And so it's, it's kind of cool to like be able to bring those, those elements that I used to get to do a lot Mm -hmm. uh, into comedy. And I think I have more range with sketch comedy. Like I can bring jokes to life visually rather than having to kind of narrate it. Like if you're on stage and you're trying to tell a story, you have to really build, paint the picture with words, but if I do a sketch, it's very just different, but I like both of them kind of equally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had to pick which one I would pick. I mean, I guess right now I'd pick sketch comedy because that's really the only thing I can do. <laughs> right. So gun to my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done any of the virtual stand-up comedy shows? No, I haven't. I just, I haven't really been putting myself out there to do Zoom show. I just feel like it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of like really I do a lot of like physical act out stuff when I'm on stage and I don't know how that would really work with me sitting in a chair with no pants on (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you can find Morgan Anderson on all social media at It's The Morganator. And you can look for her and Denny and Tammy on YouTube, as well as Love Horrors Sketch Comedy. Thank you, Morgan, so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. We welcome and encourage your snarky comments. Contact us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at womenwhosarcast. Support us on Patreon and become part of our sarcastic community. Visit www.patreon.com backslash womenwhosarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani.